Good morning. Today is Sunday, September 19th, and welcome to Zoom with Zark. Uh, today, I am talking to the town of Camillus Democratic slate, uh, Ken Stoneberg, Moore Harrington, uh, Christopher Hess, and Lauren Hardy Chase. These are people that are running for office in the town of Camillus for uh, town board uh, and also for uh, highway supervisor. Unlike other towns, the town of Camillus has a ward system where there's six different wards where uh, people are running in individual districts as opposed to town-wide. Uh, and that's, where the, that's how the town board is made up. However, all, you know, whole town offices like highway supervisor and, super, and, and town supervisor are run on the town level. But we have them all in <clears throat> that are running active campaigns out there in Camillus because I thought it was important for you uh, to hear all these town candidates. This is the last of these uh, town candidate interviews. As next week, I will start focusing on the 17 people who are running for county legislature and try to get all those done before, uh, or as many as possible done uh, before the end of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the political season here and we have election day. Um, as normal, I, I don't, interview people who aren't in races uh, that don't have Republican opponents. So uh, some of the county legislators that are running uh, who don't have Republican opponents, I, I, I don't have time to get them in, but I'll have them in after the election uh, once they're uh, elected, uh, you know, to just get their thoughts on how things went. But uh, so I, I do have a pretty ambitious, ambitious schedule. Uh, going into the end of, of the election here. Uh, today, we are uh, less than 45 days, I think about 44 days uh, to the election day, maybe 43. Uh, absentee ballots have already started to go out in the mail. Many of you may have even gotten them this, uh, uh, this Saturday if you have applied. Now, you still have to apply, even though you do not have to have an excuse. Uh, well, you have to have an excuse this year, but you can use COVID-19 under temporary illness as a valid excuse. So anybody who wants an absentee ballot can get one. We've actually sent out more absentee ballots now than we did in the entire 2019 general election. So uh, while it's not as much as it was last year, it is a significant amount of absentee ballots that we are sending out. And we expect that to grow. You have until October 18th to apply online at onvote.net or you can mail in an application. Again, October 18th is the receive by deadline, not the postmark deadline for that, for us to guarantee we will mail an absentee ballot out to you. However, the, I will let you know that the agreed upon policy of the Amazon County Board of Elections is that if we have time to process the mail and we have time to mail those out, we will do so up until the Saturday before election day. So that is our internal process that agreed on by both commissioners that we've had uh, in place for quite some time. Uh, so uh, th this next week, uh, I got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I'm going to be going to Albany on Tuesday uh, to testify for election reform and BOE reform. Uh, yeah, I believe I'm going. <laughs> the the uh, official list has not been uh, announced that will be on Monday, but I have been invited to testify and in the past I've been able to do so. Uh, so my uh, commissioner in a car Tuesday will be um, right before I start to travel home uh, after my testimony uh, up in Albany. So uh, I don't know a time yet, but uh, I'll let you know when I know. <laughs> so I'll try to give a little bit of a warning. Uh, um, and, uh, and you'll be able to follow along live on the New York Senate website. On Wednesday, uh, I will uh, once again try to get two wonky Wednesdays out. This last week, I did uh, County Legislative 9, which is Eastwood and uh, parts of the city. And uh, I also did County Legislature 10, which was uh, the southeast corner of Manliness. Um, these are great districts and they show uh, you know, a lot of uh, you know, competitiveness. Uh, even though OCL 9 is seen as a Democratic uh, district, uh, the, uh, uh, there is a, a strong Republican candidate and Peggy Chase is running for re-election out there. Uh, so you can kind of see the numbers uh, on that. And OCL 10, we have Heather Allison Waters trying to win an open seat, uh, a seat long held by Republicans, but we have uh, had very 
uh, good success uh, when we've uh, challenged for that seat in the past uh, in terms of a close election. So uh, we're hoping to uh, you know, put that over the finish line. I think uh, the numbers really in that manliest one really kind of show the how the suburbs have changed in Onondaga County and really nationwide um, or, since 2016, but it's been a long-term trend as well. So check that out. Uh, my Zoom is Arnie's next week. We'll start going into the county legislature races. I'll be talking to Sonny Aslam on Thursday and Matt, who's running in the 12th district. He's got, he's taking on the current county ledge uh, uh, chairman, Dave Knapp. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and, but he's a surprisingly competitive race with a lot of money raised and uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, hope there. And then Matt Johnson, the youngest candidate running, he's running out in the Cicero district, OCL3. This kid is a machine. He has hit more doors than anybody thought possible and he's just gotten started. So check out those interviews. Um, they'll be uh, hitting my uh, feeds on Thursday and on Sunday. Uh, so lots of stuff coming up for you this week. Uh, but in the meantime, please uh, stay tuned here for my interview with the town of Camillus Democratic candidates, Ken Stoneberg, the highway supervisor, and Maureen Harrington, Christopher Hess, and Lauren Hardy Chase for town board. Uh, they, uh, the town of Camillus it has uh, turned blue. Uh, we have a plurality, small plurality of Democrats there. And uh, these are some competitive races that uh, you know are really going to uh, come down to turnout uh, this, uh, this fall. So I hope you have a chance to listen to them. And, uh, and if you're in the town of Camillus, check them out. Thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye. I'm very happy to have my good friends, the Town of Camillus Democratic candidates. Uh, we have a, a great group of candidates that are running out in Camillus. Camillus, the newly blue town that just this year switched over uh, to have a small plurality of voters that are Democratic, but yet all of uh, town government is represented by Republicans. But this group of candidates is going to try to change that. And so I'm very happy to have uh, Ken Stoneberg, who's running for highway supervisor, and running for the various ward councilors, Lauren Hardy Chase, Christopher Hess, and Mo Harrington. Thank you all for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Dustin. Thanks for having us. Yeah, well, uh, and thank you for running, because it's hard to put your name out there, and it's harder to be some of the first Democrats that will be elected to office in Camillus, but I know you're going to do it. Uh, but we're going to start with you, Ken. Ken, you're running for highway supervisor. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Well, uh, for the last 15 years or so, I've been a uh, general contractor and remodeler um, using my skills as uh, project management. Um, before that, I was a computer programmer uh, managing uh, systems for both New York State and uh, creating systems way before the internet was uh, uh, a, a blink in someone's eye, Al Gore's eye. <laughs> and um, I, all throughout that time, I've been an artist and uh, a grandfather, and I, I do a, a ton of volunteer work. Uh, currently, I belong to an organization called Mankind Project, where we do a lot of uh, skills training for interpersonal communication skills, uh, leadership skills, emotional intelligence training, uh, and I'm on the leader track in that organization. Great. And Lauren, you're running for Sixth Ward Counselor. Uh, did I get that right? That's correct. Sixth right. Ward. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah. So I'm originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a transplant to work for a well-known pharmaceutical company here in Syracuse. I worked there for almost uh, 23 years, um, retired as an IT manager. And after about a year and a half, I uh, became bored and decided to do something else. So uh, since 2017, um, I've been an adjunct professor up at Syracuse University School of Information Studies. 
So I've been a geek most of my life. Um, similar to Ken's background with technology, um, I too was uh, uh, developing systems primarily on a IBM platform uh, that started back in the late 80s. So been around the block a few times. I'm a vet. I was in the uh, United States Army Reserves uh, for just about seven years, 6.3 years. Um, enjoyed my time there. It was a general hospital uh, outfit. And in my spare time, I enjoy volunteering. Uh, always find uh, good causes. I've been on the boards of several organizations, including uh, Girls Inc. Uh, here in Syracuse, as well as the YWCA, once we merged the two organizations together, and the board of the Brady Faith Center, where I was actually chair for uh, two years. So I still volunteer in the community. Uh, there's a lot going on in, uh, on the south side of the city. And when I look around at, in Camillus, you know, you just kind of wonder, okay, we're really fortunate here that we have a lot of opportunities and things going on that the city doesn't have. So I try to take some of um, what I find here, take some of those ideas uh, back to the city. Uh, two adult kids, uh, three grandkids, and one great-granddaughter lives on the West Coast. Awesome. Uh, Chris, you're running for second. Is, did I get that right? Nope, third ward. Third. I knew I'd get one wrong, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, uh, that's okay. You're running for third ward, um, town councilor, uh, in the in, in, for the town of Camillus. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Well, I actually am originally from the Auburn area. I grew up uh, about 10 miles south of Auburn, went to Union Springs High School. Um, after high school, I my time in service began right there. I went in the United States Marine Corps. I was active duty in the Marine Corps for four years. And uh, after that, went into a sales career. I was in sales for about 15 years until 08 when the market crashed and all the jobs suddenly disappeared overnight. And uh, through a series of uh, circumstances, found myself in a massage career where I've been for the last uh, 12 or 13 years now. And I own uh, Integrative Massage Associates here in Camillus and with a second location in Skinny Atlas. But my draw uh, to actual politics um, began a long time ago. I was first made aware of it by my parents who were both union representatives. My father was a union president. Uh, so my, my union and labor background goes back to childhood. Uh, I was a union steward for a number of years for both AT&T as well as Verizon. Uh, sat through a number of uh, uh, you know, pickets and, uh, and different types of labor negotiations and, and walkouts. Uh, but I found my way into politics by way of my wife, who at the time when we first started dating was working on Dana Balter's campaign. And so I started to get to know some of the people here locally uh, in politics and decided after seeing an entirely red uh, town council here in Camillus that it was time for some change and approaches the powers that be uh, just a couple of years ago, got my name into local politics. And now I've decided that it's my time to step forward as, as my massage career begins to wind down and uh, serve my country even further in my, my community uh, through the town board. And Mo, you and I are old friends. Uh, we uh, worked on the theater boards together and, uh, uh, and you've uh, you know, been on my stage. I've been working with you, but this is a different role for you. Uh, but why don't you tell a little bit of uh, why you're running for Sixth Ward Council? Or I mean, what's uh, your background? Well, what's I'm, your background? I'm running, well, I'm running for the fourth ward. <laughs> Fourth ward. I, I, uh. <laughs> but they're all very, very important, Dustin. They're all very important. Um, well, I will tell you that uh, currently I am the director of communications for Assemblyman Al Sturpey, and I have spent the last 10 years uh, of my career working for a nonprofit health and human services agency where we serve people who are living marginally. Uh, we also serve people who have been struggling with substance use disorder. So um, I am very familiar with people who are um, living uh, and not necessarily feeling like they're getting a seat at the table, um, especially when it comes to resources and uh, things like that. Um, I have sat on some boards, uh, the Red House, like you talked about, some theater, and uh, also the Children's Consortium. I uh, also want to bring up the fact that 
Tomorrow is International Literacy Day, uh, which is pretty important. Um, I'm, uh, I bought a house uh, in Camillus, this beautiful town, because uh, I went to Salve High School, so right, right, across, the, uh, right across the bridge there, and uh, interested in local politics because I do think that this is where all politics kind of comes from is these small decisions that are being made in towns all across America. And so when I first moved here, I went to a local town council meeting and I think I was about three minutes late. And as I walked in, uh, one of the counselors uh, was coming out of the door and I said, am I going in the right way to get to the, to the council meeting this evening? And he was like, oh, well that's done. We already, we only had um, you know, five resolutions to vote on. So uh, I was immediately struck with the need that, uh, or the thought that things were not being openly discussed and that I should really be paying a little bit more attention and not missing uh, any more of those meetings. So uh, I joined my local uh, Camillus Democratic Committee and got to know some really great people trying to do some really great things in uh, the town and I'm really honored to be running. That's, that's awesome and thank you all for uh putting yourself forward. Lauren, um, going back to you, what are some of the issues or what are some of the reasons about why you've decided to uh, put yourself forward? You're a first time candidate and uh, um, you know, what, why are you uh, able, why are you uh, stepping out like this? Well, you know, I think it's, um, and I think all of us share um, sort of the same viewpoint in that, you know, this is a two-party system um, that we have, a democracy, and yet we have one party that is controlling this town. Um, and I don't think that it's, it's on even keel. I think we need to have more voices. I think there needs to be uh, more diversity. Um, as you mentioned in your opening, that, you know, we're seeing more and more Democrats moving into the area. So as an average person, an average Democrat, you know, who can I look to that has my best interests uh, in mind when decisions are made? Um, along with that, you know, we're looking at the transparency aspect of how the town board meetings are run. You know, there may be an agenda, um, but it's very light on detail. And we're also dealing with not having specifics um, of what is being voted on and why, who voted how, you know? So yeah, I'm a first time uh, politician, um, but I kind of take lessons from my parents and my grandparents, particularly my mother and my grandfather that were always involved in politics. My mother was a town uh, chair in, uh, in our area of Philadelphia. And so, you know, it's funny when you're growing up and you're seeing, you know, the role models in, in your life doing certain things, you don't quite get it. Um, and so paying more attention to politics, probably over the last 10 years, I would say. And, you know, for me, I was shell-shocked with the 2016 election. Um, and it was shortly after that um, that I met Diane Dwyer, believe it or not, um, as I was uh, working the, the polls here in, uh, in the area. And we just struck up a conversation. And, you know, I was kind of excited thinking, you know, the outcome was going to be totally different. And of course, uh, most of us woke up the next day, as I mentioned before, totally shell-shocked that how in the world did we get here? And so you're just sort of seeing this slide. And so the question to, in my mind keeps coming back to, well, what are you doing to help change things? What can you do to change things? And so if not now, when am I supposed to step forward? And so here I am deciding, okay, here's a chance. All politics begin local. Um, and so, yeah, it's time for a change. And Chris, uh, what you're a first-time candidate. Why are uh, why are you uh, uh, putting your hat into the ring? 
Well, some of it's very similar to what Lauren just said. Uh, you know, I also was just dumbfounded by the results of the 2016 election. But more importantly than that, uh, my my drive to be involved in politics comes from more of this idea of, of fairness. And one of the things that I've seen here in Camillus that's really uh, made me uneasy over the last several years is that we've had this explosive growth of commerce. There's a, a lot of uh, shopping centers like Township 5 and, and right across the street from where I live, there are, are two very large apartment buildings that have been built that are very high end and very pricey uh, establishments. And uh, along the corridor on Milton, which is a major traffic thoroughfare, uh, is a whole lot of uh, higher density residential, a lot of townhouses, a lot of apartment buildings. Several years ago, there was a town, or not a town board meeting, I'm sorry, but a school board meeting, separate from what we're running for, where they redistricted the school. And during that time, my children were both students. Uh, one of my children is still a student at West Jenny High School. My other one's graduated. But at the time, I was dumbfounded to hear that the redistricting uh, ended up looking very much like gerrymandering. Uh, this this corridor along Milton Avenue that's full of high resident or high density residential was suddenly going to one school, whereas some of the wealthier neighborhoods were going to a different school. And the the high the you know the high density residential, the lower socioeconomic members of our society here were being bussed sometimes in excess of 45 minutes right here in the town of Camillus. Along with that, with this growing aspect of commerce that we're seeing here in Camillus, there's almost no pedestrian thoroughfares. Uh, if you're coming out of the high school as a student and you want to walk into your neighborhood, there are almost no sidewalks. If you're if you're living on Milton in a townhouse and you're on a, socio, a lower socioeconomic background and you can't afford a vehicle and you want to walk to Walmart or you want to walk to Township 5 or Home Depot, you're walking in traffic. And we can do better as a community. Um, you know, I do realize that there are, you know, financial implica um, implications to adding this kind of infrastructure, but it's something that's not even being discussed. And, you know, we have, you know, traffic issues. There's a lot of development going on without the proper infrastructure in order to handle the traffic that's going on. So all these things are not being addressed properly by a town board that is comprised of one party. And as Lauren said, and as, as, uh, as Mo said before, a lot of these um, discussions are happening behind closed doors. There's a lot of town board meetings that are in less than five minutes long. Uh, there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding of who's even sitting on the zoning committees here in Camillus. And if nothing else, I wanna bring an air of transparency to Camillus uh, that it just hasn't had in a long time. But along with that, I do believe that in the air of a post-Trump political sphere, or at least hopefully a post-Trump political sphere, there needs to be a little bit more uh, handshakes across the aisle. We need to learn to work together again. And the change has to happen, like all politics being local, the change has to happen here. Now, there is no way, even if all of us win, that we're going to overturn and have a supermajority of Democrats on the committee. So if we're not able, or on the board, if we're not able to work together, then we're not going to go anywhere. So I'm coming into it uh, with the air and idea and knowledge that I have to work uh, with those members of the Republican caucus that are going to be on the town board uh, to make positive change for the town itself. And Mo, you were almost a candidate two years ago. Unfortunately, you had a you bought a house and you were out of one ward but into another. But uh, you were ba you're back at it now, and you're not getting away this time. You're our candidate there. Why are you? Uh, why did you decide to run? Well, I'll piggyback on uh, what what Chris and Lauren said, and that's the transparency of it all. You know, when I first went to some of those early. Uh, town council meetings, I was finding things like, you know, well, the town needed a, a real estate attorney. So someone's friend of a friend got that, that position, that job, instead of having it go out to contract to someone who actually has a business that's already in Camillus. So there wasn't any real um, transparency or any real opportunity for people that actually pay taxes in our, in our town, which didn't really make much sense to me. Um, so I really want those opportunities for local business people to be able to buy for local contracts. Um, you know, the other thing is that um, I'm curious to see where the community block grant money goes, because I know that Camillus is a town that feels like there's not many people that are socioeconomically challenged, but there are. Um, you know, we are, uh, we are a microcosm of, of everyone. And so, you know, there are poor people that live in Camillus. There are people that are struggling that live in low income housing and they need services as well. They need playgrounds. And so, 
you know, I know that we have a very large park, we have a very large playground, but when you live in an apartment and let's say you've worked eight, nine hours a day and you come home and it's six o'clock and you still have to feed your kids, they're not running across the street to the park because they're living in an apartment building with no um, playground necessarily. So those kinds of things really, uh, I think, need to be need to be noticed. And so some of that community black rent money, I think, could be used for other things than um, than fixing parking lots. Quite honestly, um, the other thing I also am a little bit worried about is this idea that there are no, there's no. Uh, diversity on the board right now. Everyone is a Republican. And uh, the idea that a party of um, small government is doing things like uh, regulating, regulating speech and freedom of speech on public billboards that are on town property is another one of my larger issues. Um, I have spoken to all of my uh, counselors that sit in Camillus about this issue. It's uh, Resolution 77, and it is very serious. It's about regulating uh, billboard language uh, on, on town property. And it's, it's upsetting to me because when I talked to my, my counselors, I heard everything from, you're pretty smart for a woman, to... Uh, we're really doing this for your own good. Um, and when, of course, when I, you know, told him that, you know, when I told one of the counselors of protecting me, you know, is not really one of their jobs as a town counselor, they didn't really agree with me. So I think that there's a lot of situations where even though I live here, I'm not feeling like I'm being heard. And I also feel that when there isn't a problem, we shouldn't be making a problem before there is one. So um, that, that is a, that's a situation for me. And I think that uh, as far as keeping everyone feeling like they have a seat at the table and keeping that diversity intact is, is very important for me, for the place that I live, because I wanna live in a place that, that represents what I believe and who I am as a person. Uh, Penn, uh... You're up, you're up. You're a first time candidate running for highway supervisor. Why, why are you running? Oh, you're muted, Ken. It's okay. We're, <laughs> we're used to these Zoom meetings. Oh, now, yeah. Now, that, it happens. But so, Ken, why are you running? Well, you know, the, the biggest problem I see with uh, the highway department and, and the community in general is communication from the government. That's been said so many times on this call. We're just not seeing any uh, straightforward communication from the highway department. There hasn't been, for instance, a newsletter that's come out since 2015 in this department. So we don't know what's going on. There's a calendar of where our people are working. We don't know where they're working because that calendar is never updated. Uh, we don't have uh, representation on the, on the community board because it's all one party. So how can the highway superintendent communicate with the board in an open fashion? Is it all done in caucus? We just don't know. Um, the budget is fairly cryptic like all budgets are, but that needs to be uh, dived into and, and taken apart and looked at very with a very critical eye. I know there's been a lot of budget overages with the highway department. Um, another thing that's really concerning is working with the union. I know that the union had uh, four years of negotiating a contract uh, for and the sticking point was healthcare, as I understand it. In this day and age, we should not have any problems finding decent healthcare for people who, who work a living wage, even who don't work a living wage. But this department, um, there's got some issues with, with communications with the union, and that needs to be worked out. Uh, one of my specialties is communications, and uh, I've got a lot of training in that, interpersonal communications. Um, Transparency, huge issue. We need to have transparency. We're all on the same page with that. Um, it just lends itself to seeing, to not being able to see what's hidden behind the scenes. 
if we if we have two parties in this town, at least two parties, we'll be able to create a dialogue. And if we can get these three fantastic people on the town board and a new highway superintendent that's Democrat, we've got representation. We've got a way to communicate and get things done in a timely fashion, in an economic fashion. That's awesome. And communicate, communicate it to the community. That's, that's the key. The community is just not getting any communication. You know, that's a... That's something that I hear. I've done a lot of these town uh, interviews with Democrats running either for the first time or uh, overwhelmingly Republican uh, towns, but even though it's not overwhelmingly Republican enrolled and they're not, uh, the biggest issue I hear is transparency, transparency, transparency. And it, it's all about people don't know what's going on in their towns because there have, haven't been competitive races. So I'm so glad uh, all of you are, are, are coming forward, but you are coming forward in a year that is a problematic year to run for office. We're um, still in the uh, pandemic. Uh, we're, we're dealing with, not only is the town dealing with the, uh, the effects of COVID, but uh, you will be too, as you're out on the campaign trail. Uh, so I'm gonna start off with you, Chris. Uh, what are your plans for campaigning this fall? And uh, how are you taking COVID in, into mind? Uh, well, I even before, there was a lull in this um, back in the spring when the when the vaccine first started getting out. I had already made a lot of plans to do most of my campaigning via social media. Uh, with the rules that were brought into effect by Facebook uh, prior to the 2020 election, um, there is a basically a, a secondary authentication that has to occur with your account to allow you to do sponsored ads. Uh, I have followed that process and I am at this point set up to do sponsored ads through Facebook. So my my goal kind of like what you're doing here in the Zoom meeting is for me to produce my own in-studio videos uh, that are kind of an introduction to who I am, start to address some of the issues uh, going on here in the town and then put them out as sponsored ads uh, on Facebook so that people in the town can see them. Now, of course, not everybody, especially younger voters are on Facebook anymore. We're kind of the dinosaur as it comes to social media. So we, there is gonna have to be some, some door knocking that goes on. Um, believe it or not, and we haven't brought it up yet, not, nobody has in this meeting, but um, the Republican Party here uh, on the town board gave us a huge campaign tool uh, this uh, fall for the election cycle, and that is by punting uh, the decision on um, dispensaries and whether or not to allow dispensaries here in Camillus. So the town board said no, they voted down, um, but then also allowed for there to be a referendum on the, on the ballot in November. Now, According to form, of course, the language of said referendum is cryptic at best, uh, allows for a double negative uh, to end up being a positive, so on and so such. So that gives us a reason to really go out and motivate people in an off election cycle uh, in, in what is tr traditionally a low voter turnout time frame to give them something to go out and vote for. Uh, I think the Republican Party, as well as the older generation that's part of our, our demographic makeup here in Camillus, I, I do believe there's a misunderstanding of exactly what this referendum is for and what we're voting on. Uh, there was recently a meeting in uh, Skinny Atlas about their um, vote. And I get the feeling that a lot of people think that they're voting down whether or not marijuana is legal. And that ship has sailed. And the fact that even the Republican Party here, who is supposedly the fiscal party, supposedly, uh, is talking about how there's minimal tax benefits uh, to dispensaries here in town and that the, the number is going to be somewhere in the 3% range. Well, that's great, but I, I think they're woefully underestimating how much financial windfall that can be for the town, and the fact that it's even up for um, you know you know consideration is really silly to me. So I plan on campaigning primarily on that, as well as the stuff that I talked about before: uh, infrastructure, sidewalks, pedestrian traffic, uh, as well as uh, transparency. But social media is me big. We still have to knock doors. Uh, you know, you wear a mask, you knock a door, you take a step back and say hi. I'll I'll talk to you through your window if you'd like, but I want to make sure you know who I am and, and the reasons why I'm running. And it's more the idea that I want to represent the town. I'm not just representing Democrats. I want to represent my ward and the town as a whole and make, make our community better. And, and I want to make sure that everybody knows you know, who I am, who Mo is, who Lauren is, who Ken is, and why we're running. And Mo, uh, what's your plans for campaigning this fall, uh, especially with the epidemic going? 
Well, I'm definitely going to piggyback on what uh, Chris said. I think that as a team, I think that that's the best way to go. So um, I know that every time I'm out there and I'm talking to people, I'm also talking about Lauren and I'm talking about Ken, um, talking about um, Chris and the work that he's doing. And that to me is the way that we do this. We do this together um, because I think that um, collaboration is always is always best. Um, for me, I'm in development. So I love a good cold call. And uh, so I love to call my constituents. I love to uh, talk to everybody that's in my ward. And if they are feeling safe, and if they want to, you know, I will come to their door, I will leave some information. I always um, invite people uh, through my Facebook platform to talk to me at any time. I actually have had people uh, contact me from my ward um, regarding the um, uh, marijuana and dispensary uh, referendum that's uh, that's going to be going on. So, uh, you know, we've been talking about that. I also think that the idea that I I don't know everything. I I have uh, things that work for me, but I know that it's not just about me. It's about everyone that, that lives in my ward. So I need to know what everybody's thoughts are. And again, like Chris said, you know, we don't represent ourselves. Um, we represent our entire ward. Um, for me, this whole medical um, dispensary issue comes from a place of being in the nonprofit healthcare field uh, for the last 10 years. So it's about, it's a little bit um, different than uh, the tax structure. For me, it's about regulating products and making sure that uh, fentanyl is off the streets, uh, making sure that um, the drug dealers are off the streets as well. And also it's a great opportunity for connection for not only resources like rehab, but also a chance to really have a conversation about things like harm reduction and how we can help people that are struggling. So um, with real drug issues. And so that's something that I'm looking forward to. And I hope that people really take the time and read the other side of the ballot um, right after they've voted uh, Democratic. <laughs> <laughs> and there's other props on the back of that ballot too. Uh, so hopefully right. the, they'll read all of those props. Uh, Ken, um, what, what are your plans for uh, campaigning this fall uh, amidst this epidemic? Well, first off, uh, this campaign is all about getting people out to vote. It's an off-year election, so we need to get as many people, Democrats and Republicans, everybody get out to vote so we're represented. Uh, that being said, Chris being an amazing tech person on Facebook, he's got that nailed down for us, and he's managing our, our uh, Democratic, Camillus Democratic website on Facebook, and he's going to be putting out some ads, so we're all contributing to that. Lauren's expertise too, that's very helpful. Mo in development and social media, she's like on all of us about getting out there. Um, but I think the, the number one thing for me is phone banking, uh, getting on the phone with people. If, if our pandemic warnings aren't too severe, getting out to talk to people in a, uh, a party setting, uh, by the time this video comes out, we'll probably already be past our first gathering, which is uh, September 10th. Um, after that, we plan to try and have some more and in socially distance and, and following all the protocols necessary and requiring people are vaccinated if that's a thing. Uh, but actually having people come out to meet us is, is critical so that they can see there's, there's a real human face to an and experience. Look at Look at Lauren's experience in the military and, and healthcare and, and Mo with her nonprofit and her development work and Chris and his military and, and massage work. That's a very caring business. They need to understand, people need to understand we're a caring group of people and we're together on this. We've met many times and, and sat down and said, what are we gonna, what are we gonna be doing in this town? Um, the dispensary issue is a huge issue and we got to bring that up much more. Uh, because that's just the tip of the iceberg for this. We haven't gone back through the last few years to see what else this, this current board of directors has been, has been doing without our knowledge. So that's really critical to, to find out and see what we can do to make this a better place. Sidewalks, yeah, that's great. Um, roads, those are wonderful things. Drainage, which is all my purview, and the dump, which is my purview too. I use it all the time as well. And talking to every single person, the grocery store clerks, the 
the door-to-door uh, -door in the uh, in every single district. Right now, there's uh, we got Ryan Susser. He's going out and uh, Susser Ryan Susser. He's going out with his volunteers, putting my flyers on doors for me. So cooperation amongst ourselves is critical. Yeah, and that, that's a great point. Is that we do have some county ledge candidates running in Camillas. Uh, Ryan Susser and Diane Dwyer, who was previously mentioned, they'll be working with all of you as well. Lauren, what are your plans for campaigning this fall? How are you planning to connect with voters, uh, you know, uh, with uh, COVID-19 out there? Yeah, so similar to, uh, to Mo and Ken and, you know, what Chris is doing. Yeah, it's pretty much making sure we get out the vote. One of the things I found interesting um, in, you know, uh, getting petitions, walking petitions out is that I tend to go to the areas that, you know, we've spoken about that are not out there. These are not people that are, you know, have a great means to do things. They're in, you know, this high dense uh, uh, area of living apartment buildings. And so it's an opportunity to meet great people um, and kind of have a conversation with them in terms of, what are some of the concerns that you have? Um, what would you like to see changed? I think using social media is, is huge, um, but I also think having you know mailings, little personal uh, notes, sending cards to folks, letting them know who we are, what we uh, stand for, you know, will get some interest that way, particularly those that are not um, you know, into social media. Um, yeah, Facebook is a bear. Um, like Chris, actually, Chris, I just became uh, uh, certified, verified, whatever it is. That was a process in itself uh, on Facebook. So, yeah, and I think, you know, we've been trying to get whatever messages that are available out there posted on all of our sites. Um, that's key to getting information out there. But again, it's all about getting um, our platforms out there, identifying who we are and really just having that conversation, that dialogue with folks. So I'm kind of hoping, I tend to be hopeful, um, you know, more of an optimist than a pessimist, but that, you know, this uh, pandemic will kind of ease and that we can have more, um, you know, meetings, uh, group meetings perhaps, even still following the protocols. So we can just get the message out there and have that, that direct conversation with folks. I think that'll go a long way. That's great. Um, yeah, and I'm so glad that all of you are still planning on knocking doors because uh, while you know in 2020, Democrats did the right thing morally, we got off the doors when there was no vaccines, but I think it hurt us electorally because we're always swamped with money from the other side and mailings and what combats that is our willingness to go out there and be transparent and meet the people that are, are voting. And I, I'm so happy to hear that all of you are still planning on doing doors, um, you know, th this year. So we're going to kind of end this with one last question. I, Mo, you get to start us off here. But uh, what haven't we talked about? What's an issue or something that we haven't been able to touch on today that you want uh, people to know? Oh, wow. Um, well, uh, for me, I, I, I always remind people whenever I'm out talking to the constituents, I always remind people that uh, they should check the uh, website for the town just to make sure that there's meetings that are coming up and that they are welcome and that those meetings are open. They're open and available to everyone. Um, I would think that the town council wants to see the people that live in their town. I know that it was very interesting to go to my very first town council meeting where there may or may not have been, you know, five or six um, people, you know, at this meeting and then see the last one where we had uh, talks about the marijuana dispensaries where there were 25, 30 people in the room. Um, and there was a lot more uh, give and take. There was a lot more information uh, that was being, you know, uh, dispensed at that particular meeting. Uh, so I, I think that for me, it's just about a reminder to everyone to let them know that that they're a part of the, of the decision making process, and that that these meetings are open and they are welcome, and that there's a seat 
at the table again for them. And Ken, uh, what, what do you want people to know? What haven't we talked about today that you wanna make sure people uh, know about either your campaign or issues? I think what surprised me, and I'll I'll stick with what I what I've learned and what I think is is unknown is that our town has twenty four thousand people in it. Uh, of that population, you subtract out the children and the people that don't vote. It's a very small population that actually gets out and votes in this town, and in an off election, it's going to be even smaller. Which means my vote, your vote, has a lot of influence a lot more than a lottery ticket does. So you have control. You have the ability to, to have an influence. And if you show up at one of these town council meetings, you have a huge influence. And especially if you stick your ground. I think uh, the last town council meeting we were at, I saw a lot of, we'll take that under advisement and people were pushing back. We don't want to just see people go to the town council meeting and say, thank you for listening to me, and they'll take it under advisement. I want to see them take it under advisement and actually talk about it in the next meeting. Having Democrats on that council will force that. We will make sure those issues get talked about in those upcoming meetings. We'll talk about them in our caucus so that we can bring them up in those meetings. We'll find solutions for these things. It's not just about fences. It's about quality of life. Awesome. Yeah. Good point. Uh, Lauren, what do you want people to know? Yeah, I, you know, like uh, Ken and, and Mo stated, you know, it's really about this being a community that we're all here. We're all in this together. We're all dealing with similar issues, even though some are different. But at the end of the day, we live here. How can our local government best support the community. And if they're not willing to listen to any of the concerns, you know, it makes a big difference. Why are you here? Um, just taking up space, taking up air. And like I said, you know, walking petitions, it's eye-opening to see the number of people that feel like nobody cares about them, that they're just there, you know, and they exist, that's about it. So I think the other thing is making sure that people are aware of the committee meetings, the board, uh, town board meetings, and making sure, you know, even if we have to send out flyers as reminders, little postcards, hey, do you know there's a committee meeting tonight? Show up, get counted. That's great, that's right. And Chris, you get the last word. Whatever like we talked about. Well, I, I want to talk specifically about something about me that has been um, uh, difficult for me to really articulate to people when I talk about why I'm running for office. And one of the things is that I tick off a lot of boxes that normally a Republican ticks off. I'm a middle-aged white man. I am a small business owner. I'm a veteran. Uh, and I live in a, in a fairly affluent suburban neighborhood. And when you put all those things together, it creates a conundrum, especially for my friends and family, people that have known me my whole life. They, they don't understand why I fall on a liberal and progressive uh, side of the, of the map. And the reason why that is, is because, as I spoke about before, I come from a background of fair play. Uh, you know, I'm pro-union, all the way pro-union. And I, and I do believe that we need better representation for those that are socioeconomically disadvantaged. I mean, sure, I may have some financial success in my late 40s here, but there was a time in my mid-20s and early 30s where I worked three or four jobs, where I worked from 6 a.m. until 3 o'clock in the morning some days to put food on the table for my kids. So I have a broad spectrum of understanding of the things that everybody in life goes through. And that really, I think, it needs to it can resonate with the voters of Camillus when they don't understand why exactly it is that I'm running. And we all have very similar stories here. And, and the fact of the matter is that our board in Camillus is made up of an older demographic, a affluent white demographic, a Republican demographic. And I check off some of those boxes, but I will promise you that I do not have the same ideals. And I'm looking to bring fairness, equity, and equality uh, to Camillus as I know everybody that's running on the same ticket as me is doing the same. Wow, you know what I'm excited about? Um, as I'm starting to wrap up these town series and uh, 
how many great Democrats are out there. And they're not just running just to run. They're running with ideas and they're running with people, uh, you know, with, with, with transparency and, and open government in mind. And uh, it is, you know, town and village governments are some of the most opaque governments, uh, you know, that we have. And to see people talk about that as a reformer, as a, you know, as a transparency advocate, I'm really happy to see. And I really just want to, again, thank you all for putting your name out there, going, putting your nose to the grindstone, and getting out there and working. And hopefully uh, we can win some of these seats. We will win some of these seats and, uh, and make Camillus a better peg. So I want to thank you guys for coming on and ladies for coming on uh, to Zoom with Zarni. Thank you again. Thanks, Dustin. Thanks for having Thanks. Thanks for the time, Dustin. Thanks, Dustin. And uh, as we wrap up here, I want to remind you that, uh, please, the vaccine is out there and it's free and it's effective and it works. So please, if you are not vaccinated, go get vaccinated. COVID-19 is still raging in our community and it is on the upswing. And the only way that we get out of this is by getting vaccinated. And remember that hospitals, schools, and public transportation, including ride chairs, are, you do have to wear a mask. So respect your fellow uh, human that is working with you and, and, and make sure you wear a mask. Don't put them in an awkward position uh, and, and don't put your kids in an awkward position. He, you know, let's keep everybody safe. And I'm wearing masks indoors now um, because I feel like that is the only way that we can combat this until everybody gets vaccinated. But the only way we end this is if everybody gets vaccinated. So please get out there, get your shot, get your booster when it's available and, and protect uh, yourselves, your family, and all of us here in Onondaga County and throughout America. So thank you very much. Enjoy, and uh, we'll be back next week. Bye-bye.